everyone, Jessica back here. I have my friend, Master Lama Rasaji, and today we're going to talk about the law of attraction and how Tai Chi Gung exercises help you manifest things in life faster and how he feels how Tai Chi Gung will help with the law of attraction. So how are you doing today? Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast, a podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance, teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. I'm doing good, Jessica. How about you? It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, I'm doing really good. Doing good. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So we're going to talk today about the law of attraction and uh, manifesting miracles. Well, that's an exciting subject. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. And um, I've noticed ever since I've started doing Tai Chi Gung that I've always been really good with affirmations, you know, positive affirmations, but I've noticed that it has helped me manifest um, different things in my life. And um, one of them being finding where my true calling in life is. So I um, was very excited <laughs> about that because that, sure. really that has really opened a lot for me. So Good. I thought we could start with that on how um, Tai Chi Gung and your column exercises that go with it will help sure. to open up things for people. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they'll probably see it here, but um you know, mm -hmm. one of the things we ask people to do because number one, it's free. And then number two, it requires a little bit of effort and a little bit of time. And those things are important, you know, because you don't want to waste people's time and you don't want to waste anybody's energy if you can't ever keep from that. So we ask people to do a 45 day challenge for about 20 to 40 minutes. And they can go to the document page also on rasaji.com, as you were saying, and they can download uh, the uh, column exercise and they can download the outline that explains how to do the column exercise. Then somewhere in the middle of the training, I usually tell people maybe get a good five or 10 days into the 45 days. And anytime after that, do the column exercise. And I think it's very important to do two column exercises the first time you do it. Number one is do it on your core values. In other words, what is really important to you? You know, what floats your boat? What, what motivates you? Uh, also be aware of, of the opposite, things that don't float your boat, things you, your soul and spirit's kind of telling you to steer away from. Also during this 45 day challenge, especially the first one is kind of say no to any negative input, you know, whether it's coming from family, whether it's coming from friends, whether it's coming from the internet, you know, maybe do a little sabbatical, a little bit from social media, probably more important is the TV news media is numeral uno. If they do that, they will really see a contrast. And that contrast is important. You know, people will 
read a book like The Secret and and uh, they, they'll start reading things about law of attraction. And in your early stages of manifesting things, we kind of think in the beginning, the system works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. I've had people tell me, well, I think God like dropped me off at the bus station when it came to manifesting some, sometimes. But you got to understand it's the persistency that is important. So one of the first things, you know, that we have people do is, you know, they get prayer beads and prayer beads can help people be consistent with their affirmations. It can help people be consistent with their mantras, or sometimes I'll tell people, you know, find a passage out of a self-improvement book, uh, find a piece of scripture from one of the holy scriptures in the world, you know, be it whatever religious uh, readings that you do. You don't have to be religious to read religious and positive things, right? So, you know, Tai Chi Gung is one of the oldest self-improvement systems on the planet. I mean, we're over 3,000 years old, master to student. But we probably, when it comes to the law of attraction, we, we deliver in a way that most people never deliver. And because it comes down to vibration. See, what, when something that you desire shows up in your life, it always has something to do with vibration. So I always tell people that during the 45-day challenge, one of the most significant things you can do is at least once, maybe every five to seven days, take your petitions as part of that challenge and do them in front of a mirror. In front of a mirror, you're in what I call the honesty, raw part of your being. Right. Uh, you'll see when you say things out loud and you're looking in the mirror, you will see on your face and in your eyes, do you believe the words coming out of your mouth? Because if you don't, you really need to question what you're reciting. And maybe you think you want something that your spirit and soul really doesn't want you to have. And so there's a conflict of resolution going on in our being, right? There's a tug of war. So there's an old ancient saying in the city yoga system, which is the roots of Tai Chi Gong. I can have anything I want as long as I believe that I can. So you, you, you take income, you know, you have a person maybe you know let's say a school teacher they're making a comfortable maybe 25 to 35 thousand dollars a year and all of a sudden they want more money right so they start professing that this year i'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars right well how does that look on your face when you start a petition that you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars this year right do you really believe so you're asking that person to stretch their level of belief. And one of the things that when you're on the self-improvement game and you're, you've been there for a while, you'll know that faith gets stronger as things 
start to show up. And so we always tell people, you know, maybe take a few baby steps first, right? You know, crawl before you walk, walk before you can run, right? And so that same person starts saying, you know, $50,000 a year would be a 50% increase. And most people, if especially if they're a school teacher, would be really happy to do a 50% increase when the average person is today, in this economy, it's lucky if they get a 10 to 15% increase in salary, right? Right. So, and then you want to use the column exercise to say, how would you go about that extra 50%? In other words, if you're going to increase your income, same scenario, an extra 15 to 20,000 a year, which you have to admit is significant. Okay, so how are you going to do that? Oh, okay. I didn't think about that Lama Masaji. I just thought I would just ask, you know? Well, it's not to say that the way the universe works is that you can create pathways and be about getting that done. And all of a sudden, you know, God the Father in all his glory can say, I always like to say that the average person's got a laptop about this big, and this is what they can see. But, you know, imagine that, you know, there are TV screens out there today. They're 75 inches wide. So obviously, if his screen is 75 inches wide and yours is 12 inches wide, he's going to see a lot more that could lead you to that extra income. So you could create two to three ways that you're going to affirm every day that you're going to attain that different cash flow. And that gets you excited. You're vibrating higher. And all of a sudden you're walking down this road one day and he says, I want you to go this way. Well, you wouldn't never thought about going that way, but your intuition's working over time. His synchronicity is working over time. And lo and behold, you walk into a storefront that you didn't plan on going in that day. And that person offers you an opportunity that makes fifteen dollars or $20,000 extra a year look like nickel and dime. That maybe that's where you would start. But maybe by the end of the year, you're liable to increase 30 to 40,000. Now you're getting closer to your original idea of making a hundred thousand, but that's how it works. Now, what makes training in Tai Chi Gung so powerful is that it is the best system to keep your energy up. Mm-hmm. And the more you practice it consistently, this is why we tell people, that for first 45 days, try not to miss a day. You're only talking about 20 to 40 minutes a day. Anybody can carve out 20 to 40 minutes a day. I mean, you're busy with a couple of kids. You got a husband. If you carve out 20 to 40 minutes a day, Jessica, almost anybody else can, right? It's very significant to do that because you're going to find an, on an energy vibrational level, mm-hmm. two remarkable things begin to happen. It takes less practice each day to get to the same level of energy that you were at yesterday. That's number one. That's powerful. Number two, as you move into every five days, 
it lasts longer and longer that frequency in between practices that is real significant right because i'll tell you how um, let's just talk about how creation works right so we know thoughts creative we know we're part of a secret society called the cia which means to the lamasary creator in action and being a co-creator with the divine, i am got all these ideas, male or female. Now they're swirling around you in the four and 5D all the time. All these great ideas, they're ready to come into 3D and manifest, or you're gonna go into 4D and grab it. Whatever right. way you wanna look at it is gonna happen. But you're kind of like the sun, and all these ideas are like the planet. So they're all orbiting around you. But if you don't vibrate consistently enough mm -hmm. and have your acceptability vibrating consistently enough, guess what? It's like my teacher used to say, the check can be in the mail all you want. Bunch of checks can be coming in the mail. But if you don't have a mailbox nailed down on the ground, those checks are going to go right past your mailbox mm. so think about that right i mean we just think about that so mm -hmm. that's that's the analogy what starts to happen mm -hmm. is i consistently practice my tai chi gong on a daily basis i get spiritually grounded at the same time i'm raising my personal vibration and lo and behold I'm looking at the 12 inch screen and God, the father and the Holy spirit is looking at the 70 to 90 inch screen. He goes, I'm going to give you two or three opportunities today. <laughs> and the reason he's going to give us two or three opportunities is because he knows there's a good chance we're going to miss the first one or two. And in all his mercy and grace and love for us, his compassion is going to give us more than one opportunity. Now, if we're really sharp that day, we might see all three of those opportunities. Imagine what would happen to that individual if three opportunities showed up in the same day because they're vibrating the way they're supposed to. But more importantly, they're grounded enough to pay attention. See, a lot of people, Jessica, say, wow, Rasaji, you're so intuitive. You are so psychic. It's amazing what you pick up. Now, everybody, as you know, that practices Tai Chi Gong, both your intuition and your extrasensory facility improves. It's just so obviously I've been practicing 52 <laughs> years, and mainly that's why some of what they say is correct, but they miss a very important thing that I want to share with your listeners today. And that is one of my favorite movies in all, all the world. It's definitely my top 10. And I think it's John Travolta's best scripted movie was the movie where he played Archangel Michael. Oh, the movie yeah. calls Michael. Remember that movie? Yeah. So if you remember the scene that they're, the three people that are reporters, they're first meeting him in the house for the first time. 
And of course, the lady that played Edith Bunker on All in the Family is the house he's staying in. And they're looking at his wings, trying to figure out how they're attached to his body. And he's putting sugar all over cereal and he begins to take his cereal and he's dipping it in the sugar. And then they're saying, you know, are you this kind of angel or that kind of angel? You should be able to fly through the air. You should be the dematerialized. He looks at him and he says something really profound now. And then in the next scene in the morning, he says something even more profound. He looks to them and he goes, I'm not that kind of angel. That's real profound, right? Because we love to put people in a box. See, I believe people put God in a box. Yeah. And I believe they put angels in the box. And I always tell people, I'm not that kind of llama. And they put llamas in the box, right? Yeah. Llama's supposed to eat this way. A llama's <laughs> yeah. supposed to do this way, you know. So Everything, yeah. So the next morning, they're all talking about, they're going to go to Chicago and they're going to drive to where they work. And he's going to be this featured article. And they're so excited because they're all going to get pay raises. So in the group, there's a lady involved and she says, I'm not going at all. And he says, why are you not going? He says, they're going to take advantage of you. And it's just a money game and everything. And I'm not going to go. He says, you're going. And she says, why? She goes, because if you don't go, I'm going to tell them what your agenda is. And when they find out what your agenda is, they're not going to like it. And she says, well, how would you know that? And the line he delivers now is really what a llama does all the time, Jessica. He says, I pay attention. I pay attention. You see, sometimes it's I'm being psychic. Sometimes I'm being intuitive. And I am both those things. Right. But a lot of times it's just because the storms of life are going around and I choose to be in the eye of the storm 98% of the time. And even when I don't choose to do, I know it's a choice. So the 2% of the time that I buck my head like everybody else, when I'm pushing against the Holy Spirit and maybe for a moment, for a minute or two, the llama's not paying attention, I do what everybody else does. But 98% of the time, the llama is doing everything in the most present consciousness. And because he's looking through the binoculars constantly, that paying attention makes us look like sometimes we're the most psychic and intuitive person on the planet. When actually, what we're really doing is we're just paying attention. So that when God's opportunity shows up, guess what? The llama just goes right in there and grabs it. So all these things I'm telling you is why when somebody reads a book on the law of attraction, and then all of a sudden they have a wish list and they wonder why these things are not showing up. These things that I just shared with you that are all important is why it's not showing up or why it's showing up today, but then not tomorrow. 
or right. why it's showing up this year, but not showing up next year. It's kind of like my dad, Jessica, and I tell the story of my dad, and that is he was phenomenal businessman for about 30 to 35 years, but he was never conscious of why he was this phenomenal. He just intuitively did everything right. Well, the problem was, is that he had some near-death experiences that happened two to three years before the end of his life. And he never really got over them, just like what military experience with PTSD and war, he rode a plane down and he thought he was gonna die on that plane two to three years. And that was the beginning of his mental downfall in that process. So because he just intuitively did the right things for 33 years, he did what he thought was naturally intuitive, the wrong things for the last three years. And those took him out, see? And this is what it means to be conscious. You know, I'll never forget coming down my first 45 day challenge. I was on the mountaintop, as you know, yep. nobody was around. So it was an intense 45. And it's how this whole thing with me really got started because I was hearing about other masters that did 45 day challenge, city yoga masters, Tai Chi Gun Lamas. So I did mine and mine was up on a mountaintop where I wasn't allowed to see or communicate with another human being for 45 days. So it wasn't hard to shut out the negativity because I wasn't allowed TV. I wasn't allowed radio. There was no such thing as cell phone. And, you know, 1979, 1980, when I did my 45, first 45 day challenge. And so my mind and spirit got as clear as a newborn baby. I mean, I was just like pure innocence again when the master Lama showed up on the 46th day and began walking me down the mountain and began explaining to me about different masters that had gone 45 days and how powerful it was. A couple of years back in America, after teaching, I started teaching in 1983, and by somewhere between 85 and 87, I started to share with some private students this concept of 45 days. In other words, embrace the positive, say no to the negative. And people's lives, as you know, if they go to Rasaji.com, start to read those testimonies, they'll, they'll blow people's minds, right? Because the testimonies are real. And you're actually seeing health things happen to people that are improving. You're seeing financial Mm -hmm. health things. You're seeing relationship health things. And they're showing, and all these things are showing up and people are doing the same exercise. You're going, how in the world with people doing the same exercises shows up? Well, you see, the system's the same. The system keeps your vibration higher and then the desires in the heart and soul and mind of an individual are different. 
right? And because that's what they want and they begin to vibrate, guess what? In a short period of time, that's what they get. And that is how the law of attraction really works, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so let me let me ask you a question. I, I want to kind of talk about miracles. Um, and, um, you know, you've spoken of Tai Chi Gung masters who have manifested miracles like levitation. And um, I've listened because I listen to your podcast all the time. <laughs> levitation, uh, fire walking or um, being burned in a fire. At what point can we manifest, can I, we'll say, let's just say a Tai Chi Gung student manifest something like, let's just start with levitation. Like at what well, point is that you have to be vibrating at? You know, here's the thing. You just have to be doing this stuff. So we talked, we spent the first 20 minutes talking about how we manifest something, right? right. Now we're talking about something to do with your being, your spirit, mind, and body. In ancient India, they call that the true chanda. They paint three yellow stripes across the forehead, one magenta dot in the middle, said spirit, mind, and body are but one. Master Rabbi Jesus, or that's how we refer to Jesus in the Lamasary, um, said, you know, uh, that the concept of you know, let thy eye be single and thy whole body be filled with light. So you'll, you're, and I appreciate you listening to our Daily Lama podcast, but you're going to really love the one that's going to come out tomorrow <laughs> because it's going to actually answer this question and it's sharing with people and I'll share this on here. So people Thank will you. get an, uh, the true happening of Jesus and what it was significantly of in the, 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 the epistle when he's has three apostle witnesses and he's on what they refer to in scripture as the mountain of transfiguration. In other words, what really happened at that moment? Cause that, People don't know this, that was a significant change because those three apostles, if they had any doubt that whether they thought he was the son of God or as scripture said, first wakened by spirit, you know, like our spiritual older brother, if you will, which is more how we see him at the Lamasary, right? Our spiritual older brother, right? very conscious being could could very well be the most conscious being that's ever occupied a physical body i mean that's powerful statement when you think about it right knew kind of who he was at 13 but on mount kailash where the indians believed that creation was created the universe on that mountaintop was whispered into his ear by Abba, the whole concept of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and was told either that he was his son or he was the first awakened by spirit. 
and given his walking papers, and Jesus was only 24 years old at the time. Imagine a 24-year-old getting a trip like that laid on them. I mean, I, I've known a lot of 24-year-olds, and I would consider myself a little bit more matured than most, especially guys, when I was 24, because I'd already been on the mountaintop four years before that at 20. And I was back in the United States at that time, integrating that three and a half year Tibetan experience in the three years before in New York. So I already had seven, eight years of training. And I had some of these kind of experiences. But when Jesus was up on the mountain, and then all of a sudden, they were looking out over the mountain, and he was kind of elevated up a little higher than they were. And they began to watch him. And I guess the remnants of this was like watching a sunrise or sunset, like on the ocean. Just imagine, almost like the view we have behind me here, right? We all know when we see a beautiful sunrise and a beautiful sunset that there's a part of us that tells us, wow, that's magical, you know? And, and yet it happens, Jessica, every day. Yes, every day. What they were getting ready to experience, this is the significant thing. Nobody, had; these three people had never seen a human being do what he was getting ready to do, right? It would be no difference, in my opinion, as seeing a UFO land and pick up somebody and then take them off. Yeah. What he's getting ready to do in their conscious mind was probably close to PTSD, but in a positive way. In other words, I think he chose those three apostles and said, you know what? I'm going to wake them up like that. Yeah. I'm going to do that, right? And I think he wanted to implement their second birth or their kundalini experience simultaneously, which leads to me answering your question. And that is, so Jesus raised his energy, raised his vibration, and they said in scripture that he became so much like light that they started to lose track of his body. Now, imagine a couple of moments before, and this is why I like to equate it to the sunset because you know how magical it is when that sun finally comes up off that ocean even though you can see the light before so in the beginning he's glowing and then the sun comes up in him and then scripture peter says let the noonday sun arise into your hearts as if he was making reference to that moment right and he, they say that he turns so much, they lose the frame of his body. Well, when you're in just 5D, you glow. And if people can see that, they'll see your aura, but they can still make out the fullness of your body. When you're looking at somebody and they're in the process of vibrating at 6 and 70, they're starting to do what's called dematerialization. In other words, their body is molecularly letting go the structure of its body. It's surrendering to pure energy and light. So that's, he had to be vibrating probably at least seven 
D. So they saw him go from three to seven D in front of their eyes. And they said it was so bright that he was like a torch, like a fire. Now think about how this, watch what happens next and you'll see the connection. So next, Moses shows up. So it tells us right away that Moses too has resurrected. And it's funny because most of the Jewish people don't believe in resurrection, but yet Moses has resurrected and he's there. And remember, Moses was the first one to hear in Judean Christian scripture, I am that I am. And where does he hear that? Is out of a burning bush where scripture says it was the fire that does not consume. So here you have Moses showing up from the Turan, the Old Testament, who eventually makes the law, the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. and he saw fire of God first, and, he, and the fire spoke to him, I am that I am, when he asked who God's name was. Then who shows up next? Elijah shows up. And who is Elijah? Well, Elijah was considered the prophet of fire. And Elijah on a flaming chariot does not taste death, but he arises up into heaven through it. And then he calls down the fires of heaven to destroy the priest of Baal who were worshiping a demonic priest line that went all the way back to Cain and Abel. Now think about this. That's why Cain and Abel one of them killed one another, right? Because of this, right? So here you had Moses sees the fire of God and hears the word spoken, word made flesh. Then you have the fire prophet who sends down the rod of power fire to his protege, Elisa, Kings 2 and the Old Testament. But now you have Master Rabbi Jesus, who didn't die at that time, and you have Elijah, who didn't taste death, both experienced the fire and the, and the light of God. Now you've got Jesus, who turns into a human torch to represent the third fire right? Mm -hmm. And he sh they're showing this experience to the apostle, how God's manifested himself in light, but also through the element of fire. Now, why is that significant? Because the ancient city yogas believe mm -hmm. that it's the element of fire that destroys death urge mm -hmm. in spirit and in body, right? So, Jesus, this segment goes on for about 20 minutes. So for 20 minutes, these three very mortal apostles, who if they had any doubt who Jesus was up until that moment, and remember, this happens just weeks before the crucifixion. So purposely, he takes these three apostles, and it's like rubbing being a cat's nose in the litter box. I'm going to give you so much spirit that you, you there is no way you're going to be able to doubt. He wanted them 
to do that. Now, what happens? Undoubtedly, they were either up on a high hill or a small mountaintop. I kind of feel more hill because it's in the Middle East and there's not a whole heck of a lot of mountains. There's a few, but there's not, they're not really high. So they're coming down, that's obvious. Why, when they start to come down, Jesus looks to the three apostles and he says, what you've experienced here, tell no one until I arise on the third day. So he wants to connect that, right? There's they, And they don't know what that means. They have no idea what he means he's going to rise on the third day, right? And when I rise on the third day and you see the power of light and fire to overcome death, you're going to remember what happens here so that when I'm gone in the upper room later, then you're going to share this experience with the apostles. So they will believe that I arose, mm -hmm. that I overcame death. You got it? You see, connected up. Now, what happens? They get further down. And then some of the disciples and more of the unconscious village people come up to them, say, oh, where y'all been? Da, 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 da. And they're, they're kind of whiny and they're the victim consciousness and they're pulling at the hymns and they're saying, please heal me. Well, imagine what these three apostles just faced. I mean, they probably had positive PTSD now, right? Because their conscious mind just got blown up, right? And now all of a sudden these people are giving them a taste of everyday reality. They're being pulled and tested back into everyday 3D. Right. Right. You get it? Yeah. And so, but then they turn to Jesus like, Master, what are we supposed to do? And he looks to them, and this is what he says. And this is going to completely answer your question that you originally asked. And that is, oh, ye of little faith. Mm. Oh, yeah. So tomorrow's Daily Lama is. Gotcha. What, you know, what I challenge people, I tell this story and I challenge them to say, we say we have faith, but do we really know what faith really is, right? We say we have it, right? We say we know what trust is, but do we really trust people? And, and to what level do we really trust? So when Jesus later one day, they're out on the water, and he tells Peter to step out on the water and Pe Peter begins to get scared and he sinks in the water. See the same things. See, so hmm. it's going to be easier for people to understand your first question that I answered, the law of attraction. But it, ironically, similar things have to happen in order for you, in other words, you got to be working with it longer. How long? It's the individual. It's not me. It has nothing to do with me. So watch, I'll give you an idea. So I have a couple that I taught. Husband was an attorney and the, and the woman was trained to be a nurse and eventually became a, a nurse practitioner, which is equivalent to basically very close to what your husband as a PA does, right? And she's actually was a published author. So, and she worked for some pharmaceutical companies and she's a very intelligent woman, you know, and 
very, very left brain and very, but very intelligent. So I probably, when this experience happened, I had probably been teaching both of them for about 10 years. Now, the husband, ironically, was a friend from grade, not from grade school, but high school with me. So he saw me go from a sick child to mastership. So that, but you know, that was a 30, 40 year process, right? So he saw that because we knew each other that long. And when they were getting ready to get married, he bumped into me one day and he said, you know what? I want you to come over and teach my wife and me Tai Chi. So I've been teaching them for about 10 years. So they, they, when they went on their honeymoon nine years before, they always went to Hawaii every year. And primarily they stand, stayed at the Grand Wailea, which is, if you know anything about the Grand Wailea in Hawaii, it <laughs> is, it is paradise on earth literally they've got jacuzzis everywhere and everything so every day 10 years i mean for 10 years they would go to the grand wailea and they would celebrate their their honeymoon and celebrate their anniversary 10 years into this process of doing that and training with me she was getting where she felt the energy way beyond just feeling in her hands and stuff I remember about eight or nine years into her practice one day after Tai Chi swim she went to step back and she felt her whole energy body move through her physical body and I said how'd that feel and she said it felt like a membrane it <laughs> felt like going through thousands of spider webs and it, but it was her energy body. And I, and I could see, cause I could see people's energy body. I could see her going through it. And, and I'll never forget her eyes got as big as saucers. Like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> so I get a phone call from a pay phone that tells me on my caller ID that the person is calling me from Los Angeles airport. And of course, connecting flight from Honolulu into it was normal normally LA I mean that's where most flights came into America right she calls me and I'll never forget that day on the phone she's she's like she just she's like a child at Christmas you know and at that time she was probably early 40s I mean she had her firstborn child already born and who, who she had in her 30s later 30s and oh my God, she was a little kid. I never had heard her so excited in my life. And so I said, hey, what's going on? She says, Rasaji, I got to tell you what happened in Hawaii. I said, well, what happened in Hawaii? And she said, well, you know, they have these, she says, around some of the swimming pools, which are just malacrely designed with big bird of paradise flowers you can just imagine Hawaii and this is a five-star hotel they actually had giant lava rocks like we make with our lava bracelets and she was sitting on that because it's part of the landscape and she would go out every day and they had leveled off the top of this lava rock so she could sit up on it like a high like a high chair so she, every day about sunrise, she would go out, do some Tai Chi gum, do, do the standing exercises, do a little bit of the choreographed form, 
And then she would go over and do some Lama's Lotus breathing. And she would connect with the energy of the new day. Again, the sun coming up, right? And she said it was really wild. And she said, all of a sudden, I couldn't feel my body anymore. She said it was just the most amazing thing. And she says, when I was looking up and I would open my eyes the first seven days, I would see the tall palm trees at an angle looking up. She says, all of a sudden, I open my eyes and I'm looking at the top of the palm tree, but I'm looking eye to eye. She looked down and she was 10 to 15 feet uh-huh. off the lava rock. And she says her body just did a circle around and just slowly, slowly decreased back to the lava rock. And she just sit there and that, and she said, that was it. It wasn't something she planned. It was just, she was doing what she did and she released enough of the stuff being on this trip, but it was 10 years of training, 10 years of the grand Wailea, 10 years of Tai Chi Gung and sunrises in Hawaii, which, you know, are the most beautiful in the world, right? It was a combination of everything. See, going back to the concept of miracles, let me tell you how the basic concept of, and we'll close with this today, is as we're on the spiritual journey that all of us are on, you know, we're all here having a physical experience, right? But we're all spiritual beings and the core of our being as you know is energy and light so in that process when something what people would call out of the norm they have a tendency to say that's a miracle because it's kind of out of the norm right so when that happens it usually happens out of your control the first few times it happens. In other words, it happens out of the control of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're privileged to experience it, but you're not a master of it yet, because if you were a master of it, you could institute the change. Make sense? Yes. So every time we have this new experience, that our vibration has taken us to a level that it's possible example for telekinesis, uh, telepathy, uh, which is very popular after a few years with Tai Chi Gong, levitation, more advanced is transfiguration, more advanced than that is dematerialization, more advanced than that is re materialization for those things to happen they all seem to happen in a progression of unconscious to consciousness from unconsciousness to consciousness it's like a stair step to heaven if you will right so she you know one day if she keeps pursuing this i mean i haven't heard from her in years yeah but if she pursued it one day she'll probably be able to push the button and initiate levitation herself. Gotcha. That's how it works. So we get caught up in the joy. And what happens is, is ego a lot of times 
and the weight of the world and how we process that ever keeps us from going from the unconscious into the conscious attainment of this next level. You get it? That's it. I do. The left brain. <laughs> well, the left brain and, 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 and a lot of times it's really the emotions. Yeah. See, this, the, the, the concept of worry is like the mm-hmm. most, you know, worry and, and debt, like financial debt and worry are what the llamas called unconscious grounding. Mm-hmm. that we do that actually to be earthly right we don't know that you know we go we go we buy a house for two hundred and fifty thousand. we pay fifty thousand down and now we got a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage and we don't realize it unless we're very evolved spiritually that just put a financial anchor on our ankles right mm-hmm. and now for, for the next couple of years, no matter whether we like it or not, but as we're progressing with investments, progressing with new cash flow, how we do business in the back of us emotionally, we're thinking about that $200,000 mortgage and we don't realize how much it's influencing us until we're spiritually enough to transform that, right? Very true, yeah. Okay. So, you know, and the reality is death is not an issue if the cash flow exceeds the debt. Or watch this. Let's say that I had $200,000 mortgage and over here I had $200,000 in the bank. Would I be processing it the same? No, because I know any minute if I wanted to, I don't have to. But I have the choice to go over to that bank account and pay off that mortgage and be debt free just like that, right? And because I have the two of them, I'm not feeling the same where a person has $5,000 in the bank account and I have a $200,000 mortgage. You see what I'm saying? It's different form of vibration. See, everything, Jessica, is about vibration. Whether I'm manifesting the law of attraction or whether I'm creating miracles in my spirit, mind, and body. It don't matter. It's still vibration. See, makes sense? Makes sense. It does. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, Visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya.